Hello, I'm Regina Botras and welcome backstage where we talk with theatre makers from actors, directors, writers, theatre heads and beyond about their life in the theatre and how they got to be where they are now. I'm Regina Botras and I'm so excited to talk to Liana Walsman. She is the woman inside the play opening night she's the the woman acting inside the play inside the play it's taken from a john cassavetti's film uh made in the 70s and and my guest is liana walsman she's been stomping the grounds of theater and film for many years now she's appeared in sydney theater company stockholm saturn's return the shape of things and la dispute perry Benez, Previously at Belvoir, Othello at Bell Shakespeare, A Streetcar Named Desire at Queensland Theatre Company. She's been in films, including Don't Tell, 2076, Single Rider, Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, Looking for Alibrandi, Black Rock, an up-and-coming Borsch and Rocket. She's also been in television in Safe Harbour, Seven Types of Ambiguity, Janet King Series 2, Underbelly, Wentworth, so, so, so many productions across screen and stage. And she's here to talk with me about her life in the theatre and this production, which I just loved. I didn't see it on opening night. I saw it on another night. Um, Welcome, Liana. Hi. Hi. Honestly, I'm glad you didn't see it on opening night because I always find them um, very much like the play, not necessarily the best night. (laughs) And a lot of like well, a lot of work in that week leading up to opening night that actually ends up being um it can either be the one of the greatest nights or one of the worst nights for actors. <laughs> so it was good, but it, it wasn't my fa- personal favorite night. Very much like the film. It, I mean, it, and, the, and the play. Oh God, everything. And it really talks about the film or the stage play made based on the John Cassavetes film because it's that kind of repeating, repeating, um, leading into the opening night and the the expectations. So we'll get to that, though. Before we go further, I was, like, looking online about you and I came across some gold, which um, you've probably – I don't know if you ever look at yourself online, but they tell you your net worth and you're a Sagittarius <laughs> and you left – Left school at 16 to act. Is that yeah, I'm a high school dropout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, were you already acting? Well, yeah, I was. I mean, I was doing a couple of things. I'd done uh, Black Rock, a film called Black Rock by then, um, yeah. which was the first film I did, which had a whole, which had Heath Ledger and a whole lot of kind of stars of Australia in it. And then I think I was around 16 or 17 then. And I'd done like a little sprinkling of other stuff. Everyone in Australia had done guest parts on things. I'm sure Police Rescue or Mm. Big Sky, something like that. But Mm. I definitely, it was more about, I I loved acting. I wanted to pursue it, but I also just wasn't having much fun at school. So to be honest, it was a good excuse to leave. And I said, oh, I promise, I promise that if I leave, then I'll, um, I'll, I'll audition and try to go to one of the institutions, which I didn't do either. <laughs> so well, where was the beginning then of acting for you? Were you born into a creative, you know, family? Where were you? Where did it all begin? Uh, no, I wasn't. I mean, my father was very flamboyant um, in his own way, but no, no one had any 
any history in uh, like the arts. We worked at Paddy's Markets. We had a store ah, at Paddy's yes. Markets, and yes. um, and then they just kind of invested in real estate. They were in real estate after that, but we kind of my my childhood was going to Paddy's Markets Chinatown at like five in the morning and sleeping under the trestle tables while they sold. Uh, cosmetics and perfumes wow Um, and then going to Chinese school on Saturdays and then that turned into going to drama school on Saturdays in the local area so that was kind of my start and then I really enjoyed it obviously and um and I think I was at a after school drama school and one of the teachers helped me get an agent and it was a very kind of you know child agent Mm. one or two things happened for me but but it was my my work with BlackRock, the film that actually mm. got me, moved me, progressed me forward because the uh, director Steve Weidler, who was an actor as well at the time, his he recommended me to his agent, and once I joined them, it kind of turned into a profession. So, did you actually audition to the schools? No, no. <laughs> I have deep fear of auditions. I'm <laughs> crap at them, and to this day, I still am. And um, and. I was never good at, in institutions. <laughs> Maybe I would have been better if I had gone to one of those schools, but no, I never did it. I was too uh, afraid, to be honest. And yeah. I also started working by then. So, right. yeah, I guess yeah. it just, I just hadn't, it wasn't something that I did. Mm. I know people who were working that then went to NIDA or one of yeah. the great acting schools and then came back out again and have are ex- extraordinary, you know. So who knows? I don't know what the right mm. avenue was, but my avenue just was jumping out and getting in there. So how did you come to be in BlackRock? Uh, it was just one of the casting agents I'd done something for, something mm-hmm. smaller, like a bit part, I guess, part on a show. And I guess they were looking for young talent. So when you're, when you're that age, uh, the, the casting's a lot more open. I'm, not, I'm assuming it's like that. I guess when you get older, this, the list gets smaller because, you know, there's mm. only certain people around. But when you're younger, they're still looking for new talent. So you didn't necessarily have to be someone they'd seen before. And that's what mm. happened. And in BlackRock, it was just a gaggle of kids. Like there were lead yeah. ki- kids, but there were also just, there were groups. So there was a lot of opportunity for a lot of different people to kind of get a look in basically. Mm. How exciting. What a great beginning. And like, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Is it is it, ta- is it luck or there must be talent? There's obviously talent there. What is that difference? You've you kind of, you're on the stage now, but compared to the screen and interestingly opening night is a screenplay. How do you adapt between the two? Yeah, they're really different. Also tonally in a film mm. or TV, you get directed, obviously you do your work and the tone is really set in the edit and the mm. polished, the finished finished product. Whereas in theatre, you're working on tone together. So maybe the style is different to what you usually do. The director's really kind of orchestrating that and collectively you realise that. And sometimes you don't realise it until partway through a run. Like there's a lot that I haven't realised about this play until having an audience a week in. And I think mm. now the play is not like it has elevated much further than how it began which is very normal with theatre too where you start to Mm. kind of really recognise what's resonating and exactly what you're doing Um, and other times you realise it straight away in the room obviously and and that's what you're striving for Um, Mm. it's never 
it, it never doesn't work because you're all collectively in the same energy together. But there are discoveries that you make in a run because the mm. audience really become part of the production. Um, and obviously you don't have them in the rehearsal room. And with opening night, there's a lot of, uh, as you would know, there's mm. a lot of kind of, not effects, but lighting and staging uh, is and sound is really uh, prevalent in it. it. It has its own character. So that's something we didn't experience until Tech Week, which is, yeah. you know, a couple of days before opening night. So the, all these things, be, um, new layers that you discover. And theatre is just really difficult. Like it, yeah. it can be a lot of fun, super rewarding, and but depending on the, the material, it can also be incredibly tiring and... Mm. Um, which is part of the thrill and very, very challenging in a different, because you're there on your own and you're, it's been edited, but you have to stay consistent. You have to find energy and you, you have to connect to an, a new audience every single night. You do eight shows mm. a week. Whereas, you know, with film and TV, like I said, you, you go there one day, you do it, they're hard hours, but you kind of, the next day you go in and you do a new scene. Like it's a new day. Mm. It's a new moment. It's a new beat. Whereas mm. this is, literally again very like the play it's very meta 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 the play whereas we are repeating this play every night as well so as in <laughs> as the same way that we do inside the play as well yeah well let's talk about the play a bit more do you want to just set the scene for us there's a play that you are the a starring role okay well i play myrtle gordon who is a successful actor actor in her 40s and she's playing the title role in a new Australian play called The Second Woman. Um, and as the company draws closer to opening night, her doubts about the role she has to play become increasingly confusing and overwhelming. And so the less mm. and less she connects and can make sense of the character she's playing, the more she starts to also question herself and her own realities um, until all realities start to collide and if I was to quote Myrtle herself, mm. she loses the reality of the reality. Uh, yeah. But the show has to go on. They're, they're drawing close to opening night and no one can help Myrtle but herself. Mm. So, yeah, you watch yeah. her go through that whole process. It's kind of, it's about uh, a woman denying her prescribed roles on and off the stage, I'd say, if that's a... And it, and, it, and it explores um, and it smudges the lines between acting and being. Uh, mm. And it kind of looks at a whole lot of, it also kind of touches on the personal toll a performer um, playing someone else's story night after night has to undertake. Uh, some people call it a... <laughs> art house feminist thriller <laughs> like <laughs> it's all sorts of things and it's you know it's a reimagining i i like to call it a reimagining not a not more so than an adaptation of the john cassavetes film because there's a lot that's mm. also not in the play that's in the film and also stylistically to achieve film in theater i mean most of the time you have to drastically change change what it's like because in film you have close-ups you yeah. follow a character's narrative not necessarily in words but in like extreme close-ups you're, you're literally walking with them down the street and you become their eyes where in theater uh we have one room one stage and we it's almost like we have to 
like vocalize or mm. show those those moments in a completely different medium. Mm. So it's really it's all it's a hard but also really interesting. Um, it's really interesting to act to yeah to realize a film in theater. Mm. Unlike some 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 plays uh, translate beautifully and almost the same like closer for example is pretty much exactly the same in in the theater and in the film but this mm. is yeah different because john cassavetes mm. films are very kind of naturalistic as well and feel very off the cuff and lots is going on and and it doesn't and because you're because you're watching his films it doesn't even need to like when people talk about opening night they don't even talk about a storyline they talk mm. about ideas you know so mm. that's you, you kind of you have to finalize or round it up. You have to you have to realize it differently in the theater. And Chris mm. has made her own choices about what she keeps and doesn't keep, which is a lot dependent on how many actors she's got and the space mm. she's playing within. So <clears throat> for her, she she got rid of all the all the parts of his story mm. that weren't contained within the theater or an apartment. Mm-hmm. to to make it work within the um, realm of Belvoir. Oh, let's talk about your kind of you being the character inside the play playing another character. <laughs> you as an actor, because it's so meta, 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 like you say. You as an actor having to play roles, are there roles that you have found confronting in your life that you don't necessarily feel reflect you or, or do do your the roles reflect the character of Liana the person I think as an actor our job and the thrill of it is to find uh to find to to understand a character and a mm. scenario that isn't necessarily your own but mm-hmm. to find similarities between your life and and that person or that scenario I mean, obviously, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a mother. I haven't killed people. I haven't, you know. There's a lot of, um, lot of things that are not me. But mm. I guess empathy and compassion and energy and rhythm um, are, are things that you 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 connect. So, I know, you know, tragedy. You you just have to use your imagination. I think our mm. bodies understand pain. All those things kind of drip out of us in certain like can get triggered by certain scenarios and I just I don't know I think it's about being in the moment with people really reacting from them and you find it Mm. um and also you have to remember that with even with scenarios that you may or may not have had in your life all reactions are different like if I think about death for example Mm. um that has existed differently for me uh for different people do you know what I mean like my reaction or their their deaths I'm using this just because this is something I can say I've experienced a few different times and and it's Mm. always been very different like there's no one way no specific way that we react to scenarios and I guess as an actor we're finding an authenticity to that character or that situation Mm. Uh, and yeah, so I guess, yeah, I don't know. What am I saying? I don't know. Are you going to cut this out? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to say know. that, like, even if you don't, if you had, haven't had that experience, there's there's a whole lot of different yeah. ways that that can be represented and experienced as a performer for, mm-hmm. for you to to kind of 
um, to show that moment. And I guess you just have to find connection and empathy. I mean, there's characters too where you're like, this. there is no empathy from this person. So you mm. have to kind of revel in how horrific they are, I guess, mm. you know, like the Joker, for example, or or whatever, whatever that might be. Um, mm. And it is hard. Like it doesn't, it always takes a toll. Like it's not, if you play something that hurts, I, yeah. I mean, it's different for every actor, but personally it takes a toll and I have to kind of, I guess as I get older, I'm trying to work out how to negotiate that more. Um, but but you're, I, I always feel like as an, I, I, I'm of the idea that as an actor, you, you potentially take on the memories of your characters, especially if you're doing theatre, because mm. the repetition is like, I, I feel like you're kind of really, you're setting new patterns in your neurology or something. Mm. Um, and so you have to kind of work out ways to make sure that your body doesn't, doesn't think that this is real because there's mm. a point in theatre where I, I could zone out for a second and my body almost mm. just takes over. Oh. Yeah, I know that wow. sounds crazy, but it's like I think that it be Like driving or something. Yeah, like when you, when you start working out again, your body remembers what those yeah. muscles are and stuff. I feel like yeah. the same sort of thing starts to happen to you, especially when you do theatre because you're repeating it. Mm. Um, you, you, there are moments where you go, that word triggers me. And it will, mm. it will just trigger you because you've kind of embedded that reaction. So, yeah, mm. I think it does take a toll. This In this play, when you read about it, it's very different to what is on stage and maybe that sort of that mixture between the screen and the stage production because I know some things have been adapted, like you say, for the stage, but it talks about ageing. And when it talks about ageing, it says she's losing her lines which makes me think, oh, it's going to be about dementia and she's getting old and the attitudes towards ageing in theatre. But it's about that growing as a person, her as a person can't seem to grasp this role or not willing to grasp the role that she's placed in as a younger woman who is supposed to be just amicable and amenable to the world that she's inside, right? Yeah. 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 And also seen as as better when she's when she's more malleable. Yeah. So so you're easier to work with. You're more pleasant to be around. You're more fun. And actually, mm. is that because I was more fun, or is that because I was just saying yes? Mm. Like, and I was less challenging, and I was asking less questions. Is, is that what was more fun, or is it actually that I was more fun? So I think you know it also talks about. She also says at one point, I used to be able to do all those things that everyone asked, but I, I can't do that anymore and oh. finds a new way to, to, to perform not only the character on stage but to be in herself. Yeah, there's that real, yeah, her, you're watching her come to terms or whether she will come to terms with, with the world and, and what you've just said. And I, I love the way the use of repetition and I know I didn't watch the film. I started watching it before I came and I went, no, I'm not going to watch it because I don't want to be, you know, referencing the film when I'm watching the stage production. So I know that the ending has changed. We'll get to that. But the, can you talk about the repetition and how that helps the character 
I see her development because I love the the chilling. It's so chilling. She can't remember that word. We won't talk too much about that. But talk about repetition and the the stagecraft of the evolution of um, Mer- is it Myrtle inside the role? Well, it's really interesting because. Because being in the play, I think, is very different to watching the play. And I am still learning what Ah. people see. Because if we think about the dialogue, at times it can be very basic, like quite simple. But I think that it's put into a medium and a style which gives multiple layers to the viewer that aren't necessarily what's happening to us but is happening to us subconsciously so it kind of again meta in the way that that there is there are all these I think what Chris was trying to achieve is this idea that not only the the other characters on stage but the audience are laying this pressure on Myrtle that's making her combust that she doesn't even recognize until it's too late and she's reacting from all these things but she can't vocalize or identify exactly what it is but as an audience I think you're watching what it is like you're you are actively part of the observer and the voyeur and the pressure that she's got to get it right as well as me as Liana on stage performing for you needing to entertain you and get it right so it's there's a lot going on I forget what the question is, but <laughs> I think my, my thing is I think that what what you're getting and what Carissa's achieving, yeah, is is a very different experience for me on stage. And I would love to be able to see it. <laughs> I would love to be. In fact, I, that's the also the other crazy difference between film and theatre is I'll never know yeah. what the show is. I'll only understand yeah. my part in it and what, the reactions are that to certain moments that work and the energy, but I'll never, ever, ever know what that light looks like or there's a moment in the play where I won't give it away, but all everything sort of collides. I will never understand mm. what that looks like to you because to me, I'm inside it, but not only am I inside it, as the play, as we keep doing each performance, everything slows Mm. down too. So my even concept of time changes because I become so used to to everything that I understand a rhythm, but it all feels Mm. much slower to me as well. So it's a very, yeah, it's a very, theatre is very, very different in that I can only understand an energy and authenticity and reaction, but I'll never, I'll never know the full picture. Which is a bit like the, the play is a bit like us and our, person it's quite a psychological play I think the the we can't really ever understand ourselves we can't ever see ourselves outside of our perspective so it's a, it's sort of that's her world well it's kind of like that she's fighting against yeah yeah but but I think it's really smart putting it in the world of performance because the whole point of performance no the whole point sorry that's totally wrong like mm. performance lends itself we have this idyllic notion that an artist is carefree creates art and doesn't care what people think but the reality Mm. is that they're constantly being critiqued their Mm. worth is constantly like you're saying people have said how they don't know how much I'm worth online but they've made some (laughs) assumption like people are writing our net worth I guess as we get if you get more famous you you are the one that funds a film just by your presence or Mm. you don't even get an audition whether you're right or not because you're not worth enough. 
Like, mm. it is such a, and then everyone goes, oh, it's so glamorous. It's so this, it's so that. But then the majority of actors are unemployed. Mm. So, you know, that's not to, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a realm where not only are you as a performer constantly critiqued by somebody else who may not even be in the field, mm. but then, and then double that as being a woman. So yeah. it's just really smart to put it in that realm and then triple that with the fact that in three days you open to an audience and then you will literally have critiques there who will tell everybody else whether they should even bother coming to see you or not mm. because their mm. experience is the one that negates that over other people's. Like, it's just so crazy. I mean, it is, mm. it, it's not as evil as that, but I'm just saying <laughs> that's kind of like what the play is trying to achieve using her as a using an actor using opening night using the gaze of not only like the audience is society like mm. yeah it's just it's I, I think the pressure yeah like the pressure that that it's it's like bringing the whole world down into just a theater space and mm. because it's because it's a play within the play the beauty is that Belvoir actually becomes part of it as well so we're not mm. saying that we're not at Belvoir theater I, I feel like we're projecting that it is in that space that we're doing this. So it yeah. becomes even more Meta. like in real time in our reality. Mm. Did you watch the film and did you, or you did? I did watch the film. I'm a massive John Cassavetes fan and Gina Rollins amazing. Like Woman yeah, Under yeah. the Influence is one of, I think my all time favorite films and performances. Um, mm. But I had to kind of let it go because I walked into the room going, okay, I'm going to do a really naturalistic, um, uh, you know, feel, uh, play and I'm going to perform it like this. And I had ideas about it without realising what stylistically it was. And then, of course, mm. like the different mediums, I went, oh, okay, so it's this. Like this is what you – this is the performance that that is required to fit into this uh, oh. imagining of the nice. of the piece. And that's, yeah. it's very, it's quite different. Mm. Also, you know, it's much, much, it's very, very different to the film. And again, yeah. like I said, you don't have close-ups and, and ways yeah. to express yourself where you're just using your eyes or I've got to use my entire body. So, yeah. you know, listening on a stage is very different to listening on film. <laughs> so can you just tell me about the film's ending and the d discussions on the stage? Because it's very feminist, like I'm understand that the ending has been adapted for the stage was that feminist quality in the film or is that something that we are looking at now in 2022 I look i i've read so many different ideas people have had about the film and they're all very very different depending on the mm. gaze um mm. so and because the film it was very open-ended. It, it didn't have one specific story. A lot of interpretations were very different about what the film was saying mm. as well. I think in okay. this, 100%, it's got a more mm. feminist gaze. I think Carissa is a young female director in 2022. You know, yeah. John Cassavetes was a, it, it was made in 1977 by a male director. So mm. um, in a world where, I mean, it, it was probably more similar than we've, we'd like to admit to now but mm. definitely time has changed uh mm. so yeah a hundred percent it's more of a we, we definitely focus more on a woman 
um, trying to play her part or not playing mm. her part, the role that she's supposed to play and the disintegration of how society views her, not only her mind, but her, her body literally and her talent based on her age um, and how that affects the way that people interact with her uh, and that she's not, she's not, she's also a woman that's not, um, she's not a mother, she doesn't have a home, she hasn't done all no. the things that, you know, usually are expected by then mm. for her to have achieved. Instead, she's given her life to art and mm. and to that gaze, you know. And yeah. in, until that moment, we're suggesting that a lot of that was, um, a lot of her success was based on not only her talent but her beauty. Mm. So when that goes too, like her, you know, I think a lot of that, a lot of being a performer is about affirmation. It's very hard not to want affirmation. You're doing it for, not everyone is like this, but a lot of people Mm. are very um, sensitive, vulnerable, insecure artists who want people to say, oh my God, you've you've affected me in some way or you've Mm. touched me. And I guess we're saying in this as you get older like it's even more so about telling the story and less so about the way you look you know to have that effect yeah do you think it's that age where she feels like she cannot just put up with it anymore yeah 100 percent. she just she she says i cannot i cannot do what's asked of me anymore just because you know smiling laughing looking beautiful you know we we use we use symbols like an incredible sequin black dress, like this kind of symbolism of um, uh, sexual physique, you know, like there's like very kind of old school idea of like the little black dress, but we've embellished it with sequins, you know, and like platinum blonde hair and, and what, and what that has represented, you know. And there's so much in there. And also with the director, this sort of egocentric, <clears throat> narky director, provocative. Um, gaslighting. Gas- gaslighting, yeah, all those things. It's so terrific. I really want to send you all the accolades I can and say it was terrific. Leanna Walsman, thank you so much for talking with me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Leanna. Bye. That was Leanna Walsman from opening night which is playing at Belvoir Theatre at the moment until the 27th of March. That's it from me. I'm Regina Botras. 